Welcome back to the K-Hole. I'm Merrick K. You're now in the K-Hole. Joining us this week, right now, is Virgil Texas, who you may know from Chapo Trap House or his new show, Bad Faith. Virgil, welcome to the K-Hole. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Now, what is um, a podcast exactly? When is a podcast? What is a po- I know you are someone who has done a lot of this kind of thing. Two of them. Uh, you, you just started a second one, so you've done two. That's I've two done more two. than most people. What is what does that involve? Well, it's basically radio on the internet. Okay. Fascinating. I don't know if online it goes, radio. I, I, it's online radio. I don't know if it goes out in the same way that terrestrial radio does. I think that there are waves involved. There are uh, uh, cycles and vibrations, things of that nature. Uh, well, everything's on cycles. Sure. Everything, yes. you know, You're, we're born, we grow, we get old, we die. We walk on four legs in the morning, two legs in the afternoon, three in the evening. Um, Sphinx riddles, you know, all this stuff. Um, a podcast is also a cycle. It walks on uh, four legs in the in the morning when there are okay two when there are four hosts. It walks on two legs. So each host has one leg. Each host has is one leg or or is symbolic of a leg. I see. It walks on two legs in the afternoon after uh, the the two pairs of hosts have a falling out. Mm. And it walks on three legs in the evening. Once everyone's had a falling out and they've started just other shows with people who have also had falling out in trios, hoping like the trio format would work. The trio format, yeah. A lot of um, animosity, it seems like, in this business. Yeah, there is. I'm, I'm not really sure why that is. I mean, you know, we're all, we're all in this thing together. We're all in this internet radio all, thing together. We're all in this internet radio thing together. We're all on this planet together. Yes. I think, personally. I mean, that's just what I believe, but I know other people think differently. Um, I know some people want to escape to Mars or the moon. You know, you, yeah. have you heard about this? Yeah, you know, I, like rich, rich people. I've, I've heard about this. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. their particular obsession with going to the moon or going to Mars. And I'm not sure why there's really nothing up there. There's not like, there's music. nothing there. There's not music there, or art up there in these, in these places. That we know of. That we know of. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Because if you're here, I mean, if you're here on this planet, you can yeah. you can do all of your favorite activities. You can go boating. Uh, you can golf. Boating. You can uh, you know like take narcotics. You can take you know oxycontin, like whatever, whatever. There's it is. no oxy on Mars. There's no oxy on Mars, and I don't think Probably you have not. that you need to synthesize it. It seems unlikely. Um. Yeah. So those people, they want to go to Mars or the moon or New Zealand because I read recently that there are all of these bunkers 
in New Zealand yeah. that rich people have built. You know about these, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, New Zealand is uh, it's a wild place, very hilly and forested. Uh, it's the place right. of Lord of the Rings. It's the Lord of the Rings world. It is. It's the Shire. And it's it's the probably the most distant place on Earth. The most distant place. The most distant on place Earth. on Earth. It is the furthest place on Earth from and everything. The very rich, uh, they they built these bunkers there so that they can ride out whatever civilization collapse uh, we're facing in the next few decades in a in a bunker in New Zealand, you know, far away from everyone else. And it seems like a very short-sighted strategy because, you know, it's the same problem as the moon. It's the same moon or Mars problem where, you know, what are you going to do there? I don't know if the bunkers how, how are you... con- uh, connected via very long oh, tunnels. Like a series of tunnels. So you can, you know, visit people in other bunkers and, you know, have dinner parties and things like that to kill the time before be you nice. die. I mean, that's something, you know, that's something you can fill your time with. You know, it's important to stay busy. Um, it's important to, to keep busy in a bunker situation. And um, I have to wonder how these people, you know, they're, they're going to be dealing with their subordinates, right? Because... Well, that's the thing I don't know about, because, of course, uh, to be a rich person uh, is, is simply defined by your uh, social relations to others. Right, and, right. Uh, unless you're bringing, like, a hundred proletarians into the bunker who are going to, to uh, construct an economy where you're on top and all of your needs are being met by the labor of others, then I don't know how you continue to be a rich person. Right. When you're just, where you're just isolated with, I don't know, your, your shitty family. Your family, right. Well, I mean, in a sense, wealth um, will become, you know, I think being alive will be a kind of wealth in itself, in these people's minds. But this is a very strange way to live, I think, to imagine uh, some sort of event that would require you to exunt into your underground bunker in New Zealand where you will weather it with your family as if there will be something on the other side of that event. Yeah, it's the Dr. Strangelove thing Mm. where we're going to to repopulate the earth at some point. But I presume they're not bringing their their mistresses into the bunker. I would hope they are. They're they're sugar babies or things like that. Well, I don't think so because I assume that they're bringing their wives and or husbands as it were. Sure. I mean, I have to assume that there is a separate bunker for the mistresses. Well, right. That's the only way that you could start, you know, reconstituting the society, which presumably is the goal. The goal is once you're locked in the bunker... It's like fallout rules. Once you're locked in the bunker, like that's right. it. You're, you're not you're not coming out and like hanging out on weekends with all of the orcs. The orcs in, in that New Zealand. Over. Yeah. Uh, no, you're just there, and unless there's some sort of subterranean tunnel system, and then so you know, here's the mistress bunker and the, the sugar baby bunker. Yeah, the, the sugar you know, baby bunker. You know, here's the drug dealer bunker, and and you know whatever all the things that you know. Here's the the golfing bunker. Uh, that you can visit as you need to, then 
okay, then this is just sort of a farcical existence. Then that's, we've just recreated society underground. Yeah. But I mean, without With the tunnels, people. without the tunnels, it's just you and your family. And that sounds like hell. Well, yeah. I mean, nobody wants to hang out with their family. That's the point. And especially not rich people, because the very wealthy have access to stimuli and amusements that people like you and me and most of the listeners of this program could scarcely imagine. Well, let's let's imagine some of those, because I have a theory that um, what produces like an Epstein is that or like like the people who would go to like an Epstein's island to like to to a little St. James um is that I think that when you accumulate wealth it separates you from the rest of the species and beyond a certain point I think you are so cut off uh that you basically become a different kind of thing than a person. Mm. Like you, um, you get bored by yes. drugs or by sex or by, I don't know, flying in a fighter jet or something. And you need to do things that are taboo or that are even more unhinged. And, um, I think that's what happens the with old, these people. The old pleasures don't really do it for you anymore. Uh, right. It is very they true. They burn out their serotonin receptors. Yes. It is very true that uh, just as proletarians are alienated from their labor, uh, so are capitalists. And this is, you know, this is an observation that Marx made in his day and something that's been... Uh, commented on and articulated by theorists ever since uh, to the extent that very smart people uh, think it's important to know about the psychologies of the small number of extremely wealthy individuals out there. Uh, so, of course, they, you know, if you're uh, very wealthy, you live off the labor of others, you live off rents, you don't actually have to do anything, which is why so many very wealthy people just have fake jobs. Or they become things like uh, philanthropists, right? Mm. Like that's, not a, that's not a job. You're not, like, doing anything. You're not in the, right. la you're not in the lab curing diseases. No, you just, you just kind of host parties and get high. But it's so, these, you know, so, if, you know, if you're a billionaire or something, you have to simulate working right you have you to, you have to engage with the you world have to simulate like like elementary human activities because of course you're alienated not just from the necessity of work which 99 percent of humanity is not alienated from uh but you're also alienated from i would say basic human functions because the things you can pay other people to do for you are i mean that's it's quite a lot of things yeah you might not even have to wipe anymore. Wow. Well, I mean, they all have bidets. Well, imagine, well, there you go. You've got a robot doing it then. It's automation. Right. Imagine I if, mean, you know, like you, you know, you wake up and you're like, oh, I got to get out of bed. I got to shower. Imagine if you didn't have to do those things. So what some, you're proposing somebody is that did them, the, Somebody did them for you. 
Okay, so the life of a rich person is like in Wallace and Gromit cartoons when the robot bed li- like lifts up to to drop him into his pants and then onto into like the breakfast table and puts like the marmalade in his mouth. Do you ever think about like just being with your dudes in like a thermal vent and just like synthesizing some proteins or something and then just being like ah oh, this is it we got it made and then yeah. like millions of years later it's it's just absurd you know I, I kind of think that you know those proteins they were synthesizing uh, from I don't know sulfur various yeah. complex uh, mo- molecules. Yeah. I like to think that, you know, not all of them were just for the absorption of energy or procreation. Right. Uh, I imagine some of them were just for recreation. I think there were, were... I think there were molecules that that we were enjoying back in back at the vent in the vent years. I like to think about the vent years. Like there were, we just, oh, I, there were just some great molecules, and it's like you know, maybe you'd sh- maybe you'd, maybe you'd share them with your friends. Maybe someone become really trendy, you know, like you know, hey, from you know five million six hundred thousand BC to five million seven hundred thousand BC. Yeah, we were we were all really into NH three. Right. And it was like a it was like a thing. But that was when we were younger. think about Rome yes I do I think about Rome quite a lot I would say sometimes late at night I'll think about what it would have been like to be in Rome and it I think it's a strange thing to have a history you know um, because for a civilization very, to have a history yes uh, it's it's a strange thing because to to think about people walking around in Rome. I mean, we we have like cartoons of that and caricatures uh, of that, and obviously firsthand accounts. But um, I don't to, know. Just to, to think about people hanging out. To think about people hanging out, and they hung out a lot. They, they their did. whole their lives were about hanging out. For many of them, it was about hanging out. I mean, definitely in the imperial center, we're talking about a lot of hanging out. There was a lot of hanging out. There was a lot of talking about 
philosophy and politics. So I'm just hanging right. out. And in, in know, many getting, ways, very similar just like to our own lives. Very much like a dorm room conversation. Right. Just getting drunk and saying, you know, ah, stoicism is a lot of bullshit. You know, ju- you know, Jupiter's not real. That's just what the that's just what the the emperor says to you know get the religious crazies on his side. Right, that's the the stick that we use to to make sure that everyone does the right thing. Because if you don't, well, then Jupiter's gonna throw a lightning bolt at you. Well, it was it was the 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 ancient civilization that we have the most the most documentary evidence of that we can interpret anyway. Like we know precisely what their philosophies were, what their legal theories were, what their culture was, what the religions were, what their art was. Right. And, and we don't merely know we, it's a civilization where we don't merely have the sacred texts, you know, the, the most notable texts. We don't merely have the, artifacts and the evidence from the ruling classes but we have a massive body of scripture from everyone else we have their garbage there is a in fact one of the challenges of learning latin is there's no one latin Uh, Mm. latin is still used today primarily in religious settings so there is this thing called ecclesiastical latin that basically sounds like it sounds very Italian-y. And then there is High Latin, there's Late Latin, Early Latin, uh, and there's Vulgar Latin, which is the day-to-day, you know, meeting up at the bar with your... We can't use that on this show. We can't use that on the show. Yeah. Just meeting at the bar, you know, just having a... Just... Having a, having a wine with your, fr- with your buds. Right. Just, just playing darts. Playing that game, no, that sorry, that was ancient Greek. The game where you have to throw your wine lees at the uh, the discs that are the the new disc games. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. A lot of discs, There's a lot a, of wine. It was a disc-based society, yeah. And it was. And so we that was you know there's Volker Latin, which is it's like the Latin that you can speak that people did speak, and the way that all of these types of Latin sound, uh, the ways are very different in terms of pronunciation and uh, inflection and things like that. Right, right, right. And one of the, one of the most interesting things that we get, uh, that we have, uh, is when uh, Mount Vesuvius erupted and all of these people who were hanging out uh, you know, they were immediately covered in ash and entombed for centuries, perfectly as they were. This entire city just frozen. You know, just people hanging out, so we can we can actually just walk into it, and it's like exactly as it was on that day. I mean, I think people could hear or see the eruption happening so maybe they're all scared but they're still like you know otherwise they're like doing the things they were doing it's like it's like where you were on 9-11 right 
Right. You know, here's here's a guy who's at the gym. This lady was at the barber shop. This guy was masturbating. He's pleasuring himself. You hate to be that guy. Or do you? You know what? Uh, medieval illuminated manuscripts. I know of them. The gold, the books. I don't expect you to have monks. I don't expect you to have one. There's only like, you know, seven. I don't have one on me. There's not a lot of them. There's not a lot of them, is my point. Uh, but they're, you know, they were, they were always commissioned by extremely wealthy and powerful individuals. Uh, either wealthy landowners, you know, royalty or the, or the church. And, you know, after the fall of Rome, you know, the, there was not a society. We did not live in a society. Had to had to make something new. And it's like, we, you know, we took a whip it and we just wiped the slate clean. Uh, and there were, you know, there were only a handful of books and there was only a small number of people who could read and a small number of people who could write. And if you wanted to know how to read and write, you had to go to a monk. And the monasteries were just, it was just a very dude's rock situation where they would hang out and they would just read and write. They would like educate the children of the powerful, you know, the next duke, the heir. You, know, you, gotta, you gotta hang out with this loser for a bit. Maybe he's not a loser. Maybe he thinks you're the loser. Maybe he's, you know, he's this, he's, he's this rich kid who expects to uh, get everything handed to him. And he's like, oh, I got to hang out with, with you nerds now because father says, I need to read and write. You can read. Maybe he's kind of a jock. No. Maybe, maybe he just wants to ride horses and slash at things with a sword. Who could blame him? So they'd write the man. So they'd hang out with the monasteries. So they'd write the manuscript, and they're you know that's you know if you're you're a smart person, that's what you do. You're like a literary person. That's what you do. And the manuscripts that we have today still exist. Uh, there's interesting marginalia in them. And the marginalia, it's just things that people post about now. The marginalia was because only a small number of people would ever be able to read a book, would ever be, or even have that book in their possession. Then, okay, you're talking to a class of people that includes the powerful and the literate, and that's it. So it's their own Twitter. 
and they would write mean little things in the comments of the manuscripts. They would write things like, this guy's an asshole. Just write, write in the margins there of this beautiful illuminated, illuminated manuscript of the, the Lindisfarne gospel, or as it were. They all had cats. There's a lot of cat paws in the manuscripts. Footprints. I saw one... I saw one piece of marginalia that was... It was a, a paw print of a cat over, you know, a Bible. And the person wrote, Sorry, that's my cat. Wow. I, yeah, I didn't do that. It was my cat. That's... It's, it's like when your your cat walks on your cat keyboard. Walks on your keyboard. So they were hanging out, is what I'm saying. This whole idea of the the scion, like the son of a powerful king or ruler, uh, Jesus Christ is in ways that being the son of God, but was also the son of a carpenter. And stepson, stepson, importantly. But if you look at Buddha, he was the son of a king, and he walked away from that. And he was, um, he was a brat. He was he was pretty bad when he was young. Yes. He was a little, he was something of a Richie Rich. Yes. I actually don't know a lot about Richie Rich. I, I, I'm not familiar with the Richie Rich canon. I believe Richie Rich b- becomes Casper. I believe that's the case, yes. But is Richie Rich, uh, you know, it's uh, his, uh, his, his avarice is punished, yes. His, 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 he can't his, take it with him. His cruel sadism uh, to, his, to his play friends is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is... Uh, this is a point of uh, of criticism. This is it's it's instructional in some fashion. Don't be like this awful being. Just like this monster, like this monstrous wealthy child who feels such a sense of entitlement over others. The sadistic child, Richie Rich. What a character! Just the idea of a rich child. A rich Being a child, character. A rich child came out of that production meeting. That that's our new character. They settled on that before lunch. Rich child. See, this was before all the good ideas were already used up. Um, yeah, that's the interesting thing. There were a lot of good ideas that nobody had thought of by then. Right now, most of the good ideas have been used, so it's very hard to get a new good idea going. It's true. It's true. But back then, 
like a solid half of the good ideas had not been found yet. And these people said, a rich child is our idea. And that's just what it's going to be. And what are you going to do about it? And nobody did anything about it. Everyone just let it happen. It was a new idea. It was a new idea. You know, in Hinduism, there's this idea that the universe is degenerating. That it's winding down. This is my understanding. Admittedly, a somewhat cursory understanding. Yes. But this this idea that the universe is is in a decline. Um, and then it will later rebound and is, you know, is a cycle. Like America. But much like America. Like the economy. Much like the economy. But so... We have, there are only so many good ideas and they're used up. And looking back at Richie Rich, we can say, what an amazing time when you could create a character that was a wealthy child. And that was a con, that was a new concept that no one had ever thought of before. And now we see rich children everywhere and they discussed. Me. They, they appall all of us. But all, we have to, um, but they are celebrities and we have to acknowledge them. We have to genuflect. We have to, we don't necessarily have to respect them, but they, they, no. will, they will exist. We will have to perpetuate have to, their celebrity by yes, observing them. Exactly. Precisely. Precisely. We must observe them. And um, uh, the novelty of Richie Ranch is, is from an era where you know, you don't, being rich, you don't have to be famous, you know. Correct. Because no one says, there's rich, you rich. Right, but nobody, if you were a rich child in that era, you would never get called Richie Rich because Richie Rich was not, had not been invented yet. People would would have to say, hey, here's that sadist. Precisely. Precisely. Everyone, everyone hide. Here's that child monster. What do you think? Here's our cruel overlord, our cruel overlord's child, who can mutilate us our, with impunity. Cruel overlord's thesis. What do you think Richie Rich wants? Based on your understanding of the character, I don't have a great understanding of the character. I know the character is blonde. Okay, well, uh, I different believe, question. I believe, then. Well, I would like to address this issue. Okay, well. Then address the issue. I believe Richie Rich has a red bow tie and a black or navy blue blazer. And this all sounds accurate. Uh, short pants. I can't, I can't really describe it in a different way. Short pants. Don't they? Don't certainly. You, you see Richie Rich's shins. I believe. Kind of a fancy boy. Yeah, very much so. And I believe his shoes have buckles. I believe that's the case. I believe gold buckles. I, I would guess. For someone who claims to not know a lot about Rishi Rich, you seem to have a pretty accurate mental picture of him.
like to change what's on the television. Certainly. Be my guest. Well, I don't know what to change it to. I just would like to change this. Actually, I don't know if I'd like to change this. Did you know that the largest living organism is a mushroom? I did not know that. It's approximately 3.7 square miles. That's that's far that's far too large. It's some might say too large. No one tried to eat this mushroom. Well, to be accurate, it is many, many mushrooms. Well, that's not but, an organism. That's not an organism, then. Well, you were speaking of a hydra with these multifarious roots. And mm-hmm. uh, a mushroom is a fruiting body of a fungus. And that is a phrase that I, I do not care for. I was, okay, then this is a semantic issue. Because I was using the term mushroom, not uh, in the scientific definition but as a slur against fungi, which disgusts me. It is they a, disgust you. It, they disgust me. So it is, it is an, an insulting epithet to call them, to call a fungus I a see. mushroom. It's like, hey, hey, get that mushroom out of here. Get that disgusting mushroom out of here. Like that, that, would be, that would be insulting. To mushrooms around here. We don't cotton to mushrooms around here. Not in these parts. Now, Not in... I, Eastern Washington. I, I do fear mushrooms very much. Why is that? Because they are unknowable in uh, in their scope and tenacity because they are neither plant nor bacteria. Mm. They're not animal. They're not animals. They, they are neither plant nor animal. They are other. They're the uh, they're other. They're check other for the census. They do check. If you're not white, other. black, or Latino, you you got to hit other. You hit other. And you are a mushroom. You're a mushroom. And you spread your... Spores. Mycelium through the ground and through trees. And you create rhizomorphs. Horrible. And... Awful. You grow sometimes even in animals... And disrespectful, you cultivate a kind of informational network akin to the internet 
that covers vast areas. What sort of information are these well, various nodes uh, conducting? That's what I want to know. And that's what I'm worried about. Well, now I'm worried too. I was not worried at the beginning of this conversation, but now I'm very worried. Well, you should be. Well, this is, this is and an issue. And I don't mean to worry you, but... Or the listener, but... Maybe they perhaps they should. I think perhaps you should be concerned. Perhaps the listener should be worried because you should be. I don't know if the I don't know how powerful this Hydra is, but perhaps it is not as powerful as a mushroom network. You should be alert, and you should respect mushrooms. the best star they're all good they're all good canis that's a star the dog star that's a good one it reminds me of dogs that camels look quite smug. They do, but I think they deserve to be. I agree. experience of my life had to do with the ocean but not actually being in the ocean because I find that I find the experience of being in the ocean profoundly upsetting but the idea of the experience of being in the ocean having do you have are you familiar with Freud had this term I don't think he actually invented it but called the oceanic feeling I'm familiar with the term yes I don't believe Freud invented the term he did not no but he referred to it and it refers to a sense of connection with one's entire environment with the universe the entirety of things and I had that sensation or what I think of as that sensation when I was recovering from surgery after an injury 
um, many, many years ago. And it was, it was very minor. And so I hadn't been on the sort of full uh, IV classic anesthesia. Um, it was a, a kind of twilight sedation. And the combination of drugs that they used produced this feeling when I woke up of just absolute calmness as if I was floating effortlessly on my back in an endless ocean and was never at any risk of sinking or of being attacked by a fish. Equilibrium. Or equilibrium. And you might say, well, Merit, that was a chemically induced experience, which was not at all profound. It was simply the chemicals in your brain telling you uh, or producing a, a, an imbalanced amount of uh, activity. And to that, I would say that all experience is chemically mediated. Yes. Your your everyday experience is is being mediated by the chemicals in your brain telling you how to interpret your surroundings. And yes. that that sensation was created by a a kind of a controlled near-death experience, which is sort of what anesthesia is, yes. doesn't, to me, at least, devalue it. this episode of the K-Hole. Virgil, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Now, everyone knows, of course, about Chapo Trap House, uh, your, your podcast, but we mentioned at the top of the episode that you have a new podcast called Bad Faith. Now, where can people find out more about that? Where can they support that? Where can they love that and embrace it and incorporate it into their lives? They can commune with 
bad faith by visiting badfaithpodcast.com or patreon.com slash badfaithpodcast forward slash typing in bad faith into Google does not give you exactly what you want not yet not yet but it will I'm not sure it will I think it is I think it is appropriate that by typing bad faith into Google you do not get what you want that to me is symbolically appropriate K-Hole is a fanbyte.com production hosted by Merrick K and produced by Jordan Mallory. For more information on mushrooms and the threat they represent to you and your family, visit fanbyte.com slash podcasts. You can follow Merrick K on Twitter at Merrick K. You can follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Mallory. 